This is the Oil & Gas Startups Podcast, where we showcase emerging technology and the stories of industry founders, investors, and leaders with your hosts, Jake Corley and Colin McClelland. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Oil & Gas Startups Podcast. This is uh, the first time that Jake and I have been recording in our new studio, so we're sitting here looking at our camera angles, making sure that we look good. Admiring the handiwork. You know, the table if, was built from scratch. This whole room was... I don't know if we're ever going to get done building this studio. It's, it's been done. taking... We're still at 70% right now, but we're getting there. But anyways... We got our bar set up, so anybody who wants to bring us some legit alcohol... Yeah. Feel free. Bring us... Bring us a... For a all handle. the drinking that we don't do. <laughs> oh, we can't do that, huh? Can't do that. Can't do that. That probably, that probably picks it up. <laughs> anyways, we got Brent Smith <clears throat> from Firefly... Energy services in the house today, all the way down from Oklahoma City. So all the way down, like it's all the way down. It's a huge exploration to get. I down mean, if here. you if you <laughs> drove, I mean, it's a, what like ten hours. Yeah, full full seven hours. It's not ten hours to drive from Oklahoma. Full, no. full send. <laughs> <laughs> Oklahoma City's like a drive where it's like can fly, but it almost just makes more sense to drive. It's like yeah. on that on that edge of you yeah. don't know if it's worth flying or, or driving i yeah. always just drive yeah i passed on the layover in denver oh yeah yeah that's from oklahoma city yeah and if you're not getting that direct, if you're so not getting sense. direct yeah, yeah. There, there was no value <laughs> in that whatsoever so. so man give me the uh the high level overview about what firefly is keep it short and sweet we'll dive into the details later but just give me kind of quick quick overview on what you guys do yeah, sounds good. Thanks for having me, first of all. Um, well, we are a energy services company. We've developed a co-locational underground storage system for natural gas and liquids. Okay. Uh, so. What does that, that mean? <laughs> you Very high level, right? <laughs> Jake coming in with the banger questions here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What does yeah. that mean? All right. Yeah. Tell Jake what that means. <laughs> All right. So the the original concept was envisioned for power generation, mm -hmm. uh, co located to a power generation facility. It's underground. It's in pipe. Um, our patent is for gases and liquids. Um, it's originally conceptualized for peak shaving. Um, and that was kind of the original purpose and mm -hmm. to give some supply and demand buffer, uh, to the operator. Um, basically kind of where we've come with that since that original concept has been kind of interesting. Um, it's kind of, we refer to it kind of as a Swiss army knife, you, you know, almost anything that you'd want to store for any purpose co-located to a facility. Uh, that's the problem that it solves. Mm -hmm. Um, and then kind of branching out from that, you know, the, the winter storm of last year changed what a lot of those conversations started sounding like. Yeah. Um, it, it went from peak shaving and some level of interest around that and, you know, financial advantages to now, okay, now we're talking about base load. We're talking about vulnerability of the grid. Yeah. We're talking about reliability. And, yeah. and so we're very much kind of fast forward inserted into those conversations. And we didn't necessarily expect that or, yeah. or anticipate that. And so then let me stop you there and see if yeah. I break this down into layman's yeah. terms. When you guys originally 
came up with the idea. You're looking at building natural gas storage underground at peaker plants or at power plants mm -hmm. that are needing it. And so, um, and then as you mentioned, uh, winter storm Yuri changed a lot of things. People, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that people are looking at, oh, okay, how can we have backup capacity right. ready to go? Right. You know, that way, if you have issues with supply chains, midstream, upstream, the problem is, is, you know, once midstream started uh, having issues and getting backed up, yeah. then it causes upstream operators to have to shut in. And then once you shut in and freeze, you're not going to get running back up to full-time capacity. So right. now people are looking at expanding their underground storage capacity yeah. for a situation like that. Right. Exactly. And um, <clears throat> let me ask it's, you. It's kind of like line pack on purpose. Yeah. But within your facility footprint, operator control and ownership, and w without the complexity and headache of it's basically full operator control by doing it on purpose and doing it within your own compact footprint. Yeah. Because you know, it is a, it is a pipe array more or less within that footprint. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Is like, what is, um, you know, I know it's proprietary technology. Um, but what is, what does this actually look like? Like I haven't seen a picture of it. What right. it actually looks like. So yeah. describe it to me. Like what no, is what does it look yeah, like? How does it operate? It's a good question. And what's proprietary about it isn't really anything that novel. It's it, our patent is a utility patent, not a design patent. Yeah. So it's not about the components or the secret sauce or yeah. anything like that. It's what what I call it is a first of its kind utilization of existing and proven technology and components you know yeah. it's it's pipe it's valve control logic you know things that already kind of exist so um just the utilization of that so it's steel pipe underground sort of in like a serpentine pattern and, okay. and that's to you know back and forth but horizontal obviously but yeah. um so it's actually like curving yeah. back and forth yeah okay how, and, how and big are we talking a uh, good question too. It's it's completely scalable. Um, yeah. So it's intended to be customized uh, to the user's operating conditions yeah. and the available land footprint. Um, so each one would be very unique. We we have active commercial conversations as small as in the three to five MCF range. Yeah. Um, all the way up to you know if we're talking a peaker facility, maybe a BCF. So wow. it's, yeah, so it's very wide. It would be very yeah, specific. So pretty much only your limitation is going to be um, physical footprint. Yeah. Of, yeah. You know, how big can you build it? And right. As well as economics are going to be. Yeah. So how big does it have to be for a BCF? Because that's a lot of gas. Yeah. Um, we have some conversations happening. Uh, we, we've done a lot of work. Uh, Bechtel Corporation has been involved with us uh, since the early stages and, and been uh, a support in the engineering and design element of it. They created our schematic for us. Uh, so just kind of the high level from the beginning. Um, a goal from the start has been to reduce the radius. And that's all a function of trying to reduce the footprint. You know, you don't mm -hmm. want to make it bigger than it has to be. Yeah. Um, so that it's been a little bit of a moving target. I don't want to be dodgy on that, but a BCF, it would be pretty big. You know, you need, you know, I would guess 100 150 acres i could Jeez. be off on that but yeah 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 that's that's a little bit of a swag and that's um, still all underground yeah so okay wow. 
I got yeah. a lot of questions in terms of applications. Um, yeah. But what's your background? How did you guys mm. come up with this this solution? Tell us about you personally. I don't know if you have any partners in the business, yeah. but yeah. give us give us a story about yourself personally and then how you guys came up with uh, Firefly. Okay. Yeah, um, it's myself and and my two partners. Uh, Jeff Oliver is our CEO, and Rick Pfizer is our COO and engineer. Um, those two have the bulk of the energy background, kind of the straightforward. It's the only thing they've ever done, you know, kind of a story. Um, mine's a little different, but th those guys have worked twenty plus and forty plus years in the business, primarily midstream. Uh, Rick has some experience in the utility space as yeah. well. Uh, so there's a lot of crossover there. Um, I worked in in banking for a long time, financial services. You're the finance bro on the team. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a collective effort right right now. Uh, you know, for three guys starting and and trying to to build this thing up. But yeah. uh, uh, I have some HR background um, and worked in the healthcare field, like for a recruiting firm. Yeah. Uh, so a little more kind of varied uh background yeah. uh, for me um and jeff and i have known each other for a long time yeah. and you know he had talked for a while about eventually doing his own thing uh, and doing that in the midstream space and did went down the private equity route around the 2014 2015 range yeah um kind of wasn't what we had in mind yeah uh, in terms of a business that business ended up being located in denver i didn't want to move there yeah. But he and I had always talked about doing something together. Yeah. Um, and then over the course of time, and as you guys probably know, these things don't happen quite as quickly no. as as they're envisioned. The the thoughts and, the, and then the plan, you know, things kind of happen. And then yeah. there are pandemics and yeah. things like that. That's been a big shakeup for us. But that's kind of my background and how I kind of wove into that team. And, and we've stayed small. And, you yeah. know, there, our timeline is interesting just with, it was really kind of fortuitous in a way, you know, you don't want delays. You don't want things like COVID and disruptions and you're, and you're trying to survive these things more or less. Uh, but it was really kind of fortunate for us. You know, we were, we were pretty quiet. Uh, gas loop is what we call, and we've trademarked that name. That's what we call the, the system. The system called gas loop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so we, we were going through that patent process and it's interesting because you, you don't know that it's going to get published or issued. You don't know if or when. Yeah. Uh, so you're kind of navigating, you know, that that moving target of a timeline along with trying to function and, and maintain the business. So we were having some early stage conversations. Um, before yeah. we before we get yeah. to that, how did you guys come? Like, did you was there somebody on the team who was like an engineer or something who designed this? Did you guys find an inventor who had this and you like license the technology like? Let's talk more about the inception of yeah. like identifying that this was a problem and then kind of those first stages before even kind of like the patent. Yeah. Um, well, it, it's interesting. You know, the, the midstream background um, is what kind of led to our involvement. It was through a mutual relationship and investor relationship that, that we had from from the, the previous company that that Jeff started. Um, he we maintained contact with him and 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 he called and it was one of those somebody ought to do this kind of a thing. Right. And, and it was, it was someone he had had a conversation with and, and, and mentioned doing it in pipe, but didn't know what to do with it. Or, and it was just kind of an idea. And so we were kind of tasked with, you know, see, can we solve this? Right. 
Um, and that original kind of use case or, you know, kind of conceptualization of it was for South Florida. Um, you know, you got, you have one transmission line, you know, geographically kind of, you know, your supply constrained just by nature with yeah. the makeup of the state. Yeah. Uh, and then just other geological kind of limits, you know, it's a perfect storm of limitations. And then you have a burgeoning population, more and more people every year moving there. So everything is straining the supply yeah. more or less. And it's, yeah. you know, and they're browning out like just as a normal, normal mm -hmm. everyday thing, uh, you know, where that hit us around Oklahoma and Texas last year. And we're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. This is an outlier. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And this is just a normal fact of life for, for people in that part of the country. But, um, and it was, you know, you could use pipe and, and so you should be talking to these guys, you know, kind of. And so we started down a path with it and, and it was so simple conceptually, you know, we get that a lot. It's, you know, you're, you're having conversations that are like, why didn't somebody do this already? And we're like, yeah, yeah. man, it doesn't seem, yeah, I, mean, I don't want to downplay it, but I mean, right. it seems like yeah. it's kind of what we would call in the little field is dummy iron. You know, yeah. it's like, Hey, look, we're just taking steel pipe and obviously the, uh, electric molecular structure of the pipe, you can bend it. And so you have it kind of in this uh switch back pattern but yeah you're just storing it underground and, and pipe I yep. mean, at the end of the day right yeah. yeah yeah so let me ask like the one how do you how do you tie that in to gas infrastructure and then like control systems around it you know being able to tap into it release i mean i'm sure that's where it gets pretty intricate yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that's a good point too. A lot of the conversations they become, it is with it being so simple conceptually conversations get technical very, very quickly yeah. and, and questions like that come and you end up like in a, in a customer conversation, you know, you, you get three meetings in, in the first 20 minutes, you yeah. know, it kind of, you know, it's, it's this fast forward. Well, button. Yeah. I mean, look, just from a guy that's yeah. with a lot of infrastructure, it's always right. easy to say like, Oh, this is simple. You just store yeah. it underground, but then when you're actually executing <laughs> mm -hmm. and, yeah. and doing it, then you gotta, yeah, you got to think through a lot of things. So. Right. And well, and I don't want to get over my skis technically, but you know, these are, it's going to be an existing facility. There's going to be a transmission line. They're already receiving. And so it's going to be unique to each case, but, yeah, you know, so to answer that with just a, oh, you just this and then connect that, you know, I'd, I'd be getting beyond yeah. my scope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rick would be listening. <laughs> yeah. Rick, Rick would be cringing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Get the engineer on the show. Yeah. That would be where I hand <laughs> the ball off and you take this one kind yeah. of thing. So but, uh, it's yeah. pretty interesting because. You know, I can start thinking of different applications. You know, distributed energy systems are becoming really popular. People are looking at, um, like a big story was um, an HEB somewhere here in Houston mm. has these massive gas uh, turbines on site now um, to where they can generate their own power. I mean, they're mm -hmm. a little, they're a little power plant. And mm -hmm. obviously hospitals have always had um, pretty intricate um, backup generators. And mm -hmm. so I could imagine that one, it goes back to square square footage being the uh, limitation on these systems, but could mm -hmm. imagine that you start building these distributed energy systems saying, okay, you know, we've got the medical center here in Houston. We need to make sure that it always has power. 
So you start building yeah. out underground nat gas storage just and save it for a rainy day, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, you know, have you guys thought about is y'all scale the business going into kind of <clears throat> micro use cases like that, or is it going to stay mostly around big power generation around these peaker plants and such? Yeah. Um, you know, I wouldn't say we're focusing on one particular area. Um, and all, and it's also kind of a function of not trying to get too broad, uh, and trying to be all things to yeah. all people. But that, that's an interesting, interesting comment. Cause where, where that type of approach kind of first emerged for us was talking with utilities. And then you hear about the massive industrial customer they have that can never shut down. Yeah. And, and that can be any number of things. Um, and so then you start thinking, okay, you know, and like, like the research triangle in uh, North Carolina it comes to mind. It's like a city in and of mm -hmm. itself or like a medical facility. So, okay. Yeah, so we haven't really taken the approach of targeting those people as a customer. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's emerged to us more so in talking to utilities, but but now that's on our radar a little bit. Which and, I mean makes perfect perfect sense for yeah. you guys as a business. I mean, eighty twenty yeah. principle. The sure. majority of revenue is going to come from the big utilities and yeah. power gen. So yeah, that's yeah. the fair way for us yeah. right now. And there are some other things that just kind of keep popping up and kind of getting our attention and we're yeah the bitcoin kind of, money i'm gonna say no, yeah by the time i'm doing this show i'm gonna give you all kinds of different applications uh, buying yeah the yeah. bitcoin mining i mean you know people overplay bitcoin mining off of flared gas it's not mm -hmm. that big of a market in terms of overall bitcoin mining market you know there's just probably couple hundred megawatts of mining capacity off of uh flared gas but the problem with flared gas is that it's intermittent and you have mm. um disruptions and flows because it's not a gas well it's just associated gas so your gas production can be um fluctuating at any time but if you had the ability to put in some storage and mm -hmm. essentially level off your uh, uh true. your supply mm -hmm. then you can make that idea a little bit more sustainable um y'all system on that thought though y'all systems when it's installed is it pretty permanent or can it be um modified removed moved to a new location um how does that how does that look yeah that's I'm going to try to tackle also, <laughs> also, also maybe asking you too many engineering questions. <laughs> no, no, it's a, you know, it which is, actually, which is just fair yeah. to be like, Hey, it's fine. like the old Chappelle skit. He's like, I played the fifth. Yeah. Fifth. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. We'll, we'll bring Rick in next time. No, but, um, no, just stepping through that a little bit. Um, you know, gas loop is still gas loop, um, is, is what is kind of our, there's the common denominator of there's intermittency. There's a supply issue. There's some kind of a problem. Yeah, that of that type, and that's the problem we're solving. Um, can you do it? Does it make sense within this footprint for this particular application? The associated economics for that particular user. Um, so, it, to include Bitcoin mining, you would you would look at it the same way. It's not a complete overhaul of what Gasloop is or what it does. Yeah. So, yeah, is it a fit or isn't it a fit? You know, just like with anything else. But yeah. Um, and then. We we haven't really thought, I mean, the useful life would be no different. I mean, if it were steel, which it's in, envisioned to be originally, um, 
the useful life of a, of a standard pipeline construction project would be what would apply there. Yeah. Um, in, in what you mentioned about conversion or modification, this is something that we're in, it's some early stage stuff, but, uh, hydrogen is a lot of people are long on hydrogen and it's seems to be emerging as one of the more viable, longer term transitional type, uh, fuel sources. Yeah. So, um, actually that's really interesting too, because if yeah. you started thinking about adjacent applications, I mean, you could even say that, um, direct air capture or carbon capture, yeah. you know, if you have it going down a pipeline and you're using it for a CO2 flood yeah. or something of that nature, right. but you need a place to stage the CO2 could probably use gas loop for that. Yeah. Imagine. Yeah. And the modification piece. Yeah. We've, we're looking at, we don't have any active conversations going around CO2 or sequestration. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we envision that it, it could be, it's, it's one of our further down the list kind yeah. of purposes. Um, we're certainly open to exploring it, of course, but, um, you know, we've got some interest from, uh, from the state and the, the Oklahoma hydrogen task force, um, in looking at utilizing this system in a number of ways, but, um, a big part of last year, basically, um, Rick spent a lot of time, um, evaluating alternative pipe material. Um, cause we, we know you can't store hydrogen or purity hydrogen in steel. Yeah. Um, what can you so store in? That's the secret sauce. Stuff. Okay. Yeah. Nobody so knows. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, there are, uh, and this has been kind of a collaborative, uh, kind of effort with, with Bechtel. They know we're okay. looking, we know they're looking, um, and we've come across maybe a dozen globally uh, suppliers or um, inventors mm -hmm. of this alternative pipe and the differences in them. And some of them were originally um, sort of conceptualized to to repurpose municipal pipelines. Um, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of smart people working yeah. in pipeline and midstream space right. that are um, you know, either looking at retrofitting pipelines yeah. to transport hydrogen. So there's a lot of brain power yeah. going into that. But yeah, I don't like I don't see that being a huge um bottleneck for right. hydrogen transportation yeah. and storage because yeah, pretty good at figuring out shit like that. When it comes yeah. to material sciences, yeah. we can figure it out. Yeah, and we see the most likely scenario uh for any type of modification. Um it would be originally installing it for natural gas, yeah. you know, for a power generator. And then the long look, or at least contemplating it now would be to convert the system by lining it for the, for hydrogen in the future. Not that you have to, but you have the option available. Yeah. And then we're not, yeah. Cause it's, cause they're going to look at that now is why, why would I put this in the ground and then have to tear it out and then put something else, you know, and yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, cause it's not cheap. Yeah, yeah for <laughs> it's sure. not a small project or a widget or anything like that. So there's there needs to be a longer term, you know, evaluation of of its use and, yeah, and purpose long term. Yeah. yeah. So are yeah. you guys in like this R R and D phase with? I know you you mentioned the patent. I'm, I'm assuming the patent probably got approved. Yeah, it was published process? in May of last year. Okay, so yeah. you got that. 
And then were you guys in kind of that uh, commercialization phase? Yeah, yeah, we are. Are we in like the pilot process, kind of just going through um, and, and testing or full commercialization? Uh, I would say full commercialization now um, as of about the beginning of the year. You know, again, we were pretty quiet about this until the patent was published. Mm -hmm. um, we kind of straddle um, commercialization, early stage commercialization, you know, as of around the first of the year. Yeah. And and we straddle with with R and D around that longer look on hydrogen and repurposing mm -hmm. the system, um, energy transition, providing yeah. redundancy, you know these types of things all kind of run together. Um, but we're, you know, for the purpose of natural gas and liquids, we're in active conversations and have some early stage commercial traction. And, awesome. Yeah, and looking at feasibility. So, how did you guys go about? Um funding the company um you know i always get really interested in companies like this that are capital intensive because mm. it's much different than you know software startups yeah. that you can you can launch and, and scale relatively cheap um so did you guys uh have y'all taken any funding up to this point are you guys going to look at you know working with uh you know different ventures or corporate partners to fund projects as they start to get commercialized. What's the plan there? Um, yeah, from from the beginning, we've we've had um, some some angel investment. Uh, we've we've kept that minimal where we can. Boot, yeah, bootstrapping, very yeah. low burn rate. Yeah, um, just the three of us, not trying to ramp up people. Um, yeah, in, in higher position, you know, it's we're we're kind of tackling everything on our own. Um, now that we're kind of we got into a real fast forward mode at the beginning of the year with commercialization, the, the traction that we're getting. Um, it's, it's almost, we kind of had to have 2021 happen with, I'll call it the first year of some interesting energy policy. We're waiting on our patent, you know, we're kind of in this holding pattern and, yeah. and, and we really needed a few things to kind of come together that we didn't necessarily have any control over. Yeah. Um, and it, and it did, you know, yeah. um, the, the market is less, uh, uncertain about the direction of, especially with utilities yeah. and, and they're, I think they had to shift gears quite a bit in the way they make decisions and, and evaluate their systems. Um, I mean, cause they play a very long game. And some of the things that have happened in a lot of noise around renewables and what do we do with this, right? Yeah. So it's- uh, Well, I mean, it, it's interesting you bring that up because yeah. if you look at Texas, for instance, you know, the amount of renewables that we're bringing online mm -hmm. in form of wind and solar is, um, I mean, it's unbelievable how much uh, nameplate, nameplate capacity yeah. we're bringing online. That's nameplate capacity. And still very much reliable on um, thermal energy, coal, oil and gas, mm -hmm. um, nuclear. And so now the problem is, okay, well, if we're going to keep building out renewables, but can't rely on it, but we also need to have nat gas to back it up yeah. for the days that the sun doesn't shine or the wind doesn't blow. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things you said that energy policy yeah yeah play it, into this right and yeah it things are changing rapidly yeah and couldn't be more clear that 
you need to have base load capacity right and need to have storage and the ability to draw on energy when you need it in real time right um but stepping back just a little bit i took us down a little bit of a path there um the early stage commercialization has changed our conversations and our approach with with investment. That's that's opened that up, obviously, and yeah. Now, and now we're kind of going down a few different paths. State level, the interest around hydrogen will create you know some potential grant opportunities and participating in that. Yeah, that's the longer look, and then like active commercialization around around natural gas and, and liquids is yeah you know kind of the that's the model. So, um. But yeah, with, you know, redundancy is kind of the new, I won't call it a buzzword. Um, You know, there were some buzzwords that kind of came and went in the last year. That one's going to stick. I think energy security is another one. Yeah. Uh, But we we fit into, if there is to be an energy transition, um, something would have to provide that redundancy factor and that we see that as where we would fit. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be the thing that facilitates the transition to occur versus flipping the switch which yeah. is, with so many different applications yeah. <clears throat> for commercialization like we talked about like obviously these huge commercial applications potentially maybe smaller micro uh applications like con talked about like mm-hmm. what's the vision like what's the vision maybe five years out like what kind of company do you guys want to be wow that's <laughs> yeah that's some heavy stuff right. i said to say you like you can't be the everything for everybody right, and right. so you have all right. these different applications so like where do you guys decide to to focus your energy like what has the most yeah. impact and now for what the industry but also for for you guys yeah well, what what i see is is the original purpose and in that fairway again for us being power generation lng facilities larger applications i think are going to be kind of the bread and butter and mm-hmm. and i think what will what will sort of happen with the others i think i think it'll be revealed to us just in terms of you know, we're, we're not going to try to be all things to all people, but we're going to have those conversations and there'll be some, you know, we'll, we'll make some mistakes. We'll, we'll stub our toe on some things and and we'll run into some things that might be successful that we weren't necessarily contemplating at first. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, our stay on the path, stay in our lane, but, but don't be closed minded to so those like be, op- be open minded yeah just yeah and i yeah and, and i think those there, things yeah. will emerge and we have the bandwidth to do that because you know gas loop is gas loop and we'll end up on a path talking about intermittency or supply strain or we won't yeah. and and those things will just kind of naturally uh kind of reveal themselves to us i think mm-hmm. i like to comment that you made about headcount and keeping y'all's burn rate low I think it's really important that um, you know you're starting to see this with some startups blowing up. I mean, multi-billion-dollar startups because mm. they go raise a bunch of money and then they increase headcount, hire a lot of people before they've even found product market fit. And yeah, we could throw them on the bus, right? Like fast. It's a great example, right? Yeah, yeah, fast. <laughs> great example. They're on, they went under now. We could talk. We could yeah, talk. but yeah. the more people, the, <clears throat> and the paradox there is that the more people you hire. Before you find product market fit, the less chance you have of finding product market yeah. fit. So mm. um, I just think that was a good comment that you made that, okay, we're going to fit like focus on commercialization, finding product market fit before we start ramping up and hiring a bunch yeah. of people. And, um, you know, sometimes 
like you as founders, you have to get your hands dirty and figure yeah. out all, all of these things. And then once you start commercializing, and things start really picking up, then you can, then you can hire people. I mean, you yeah. think back to 2020 for us, like we, we go out, we're like, <laughs> oh, let's leave all the things that make money. Let's go do this fun thing over here. And then, you know, COVID happens, negative $37 oil. We couldn't raise any money. Yeah. But think about the tuition costs that we paid like in 2020. We made a lot of mistakes on our own dime. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Made a lot of mistakes on our own dime. For sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like getting like flashbacks yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. Everything feels like a mistake. Yeah. And, everything you know, feels like a mistake. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's PTSD. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and, it, and you guys know, you know, you have to experience those things. You're going to experience those things or everyone would be doing something like what you guys were doing or what we were doing. Yeah. It's there are aspects of it that are not fun. It's 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 the greatest yeah. thing yeah. you can do in my mind. And yeah. but uh yeah. But it's definitely like getting kicked in the ball, so expect that. You gotta right, love yeah. that feeling. Right. Yeah, I'm um always enjoy when we get to have technologies on the show that are physical um technologies because it's just much more inch it's hard. Like it's hard. Um like you look at Silicon Valley startups and it's like you can mm. bootstrap software. Like you can. A lot of people don't, yep. but you can. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't bootstrap <laughs> putting steel on the ground. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's yeah. something that it, it's challenging. Um, yeah. you know, it's capital intensive. There's supply constraints, there's yeah. engineering. It's just so complex. So I get yeah. I really nerd out on stuff like this because it's actually yeah. like after digital walk I want to go start a business like that. Just yeah. some businesses infrastructure just cause it's fun, fun and challenging. Yeah. Well, in, in our, our initial, one of the biggest wins for us was, was getting the attention first and, and like in the interest and involvement from Bechtel. Yeah. Um, their, their participation and support and, and they never really had a big ask, you know, I, I think they saw something in it, like we did and, and what it could be and, and, and they dedicated resources to it and, and time. And for us, it was, it was legitimizing in, yeah. in a way, you know, people want to know who's going to build this thing. Cause it's not Jeff and Rick and I, yeah you know, and w- without that level of support and tangibility that that kind of brings, you know, it's just three dudes, yeah you know, and, and, and the mental picture of us standing in a field with a bunch of pipe is, <laughs> was, you this, know. was, was this relationship with Bechtel, did this kind of, kind of blossom through the traditional business development round, or was it through like a, like some of these, you know, companies have like the corporate venture capital arm or like accelerators or just mm-hmm. startup programs where they go and like pilot a bunch of things. Like I'm kind of curious how it kind of came to be. Yeah. They were, it was an existing relationship there and he, he's no longer there. And then, and then it just kind of got passed. It was through their business development, okay. uh, in their, uh, oil, gas and pipeline group, uh, which is not called that anymore. Um, it's the energy transition. Um, I forget the exact name. Uh, yeah. but they, they kind of remodeled that business unit. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but it, it was through that relationship. So that, so this was someone within their group's business development effort, you know, they're seeking opportunities too. And and this was something for them to kind of get a, a hold of and, mm-hmm. and kind of see, and, and they're watching for us to emerge, you know? Yeah. Uh, to a degree, I think there's there's a vision in our agreement with them to do joint business development as well. So we 
our hope is that will lead to kind of some some opportunities with their customers as a bolt on to their existing projects. Uh, so that's a path that that could take. Um, but really, it was you know providing our schematic, doing some early stage engineering work, not charging us an arm and a leg for it. Mm-hmm. You know, some relationship business was being done. Yeah. To that. At, to it's that really end. important. I mean, yeah. I have friends that have you know material science companies. And yeah. It's important that you have support from bigger corporations. You know, Caliburton Labs is mm-hmm. set up to do this. You know, dedicating engineering experience and labs and things of that nature because, like you said, you know, don't charge us an arm and a leg. It's fucking expensive yeah. <laughs> to do these things, right? Yeah. So, yeah, um, being able to have relationships and partnerships with big uh, corporations that. Yeah. Um, can see the vision and see potential and yeah. leverage their in-house expertise and resources is, mm-hmm. you know, that can't be understated. That's really important. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's going to give them a nod from us in terms of who we utilize. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not an exclusive relationship that, but you know, they would need the right to opt out. You know, yeah. a number of things could drive who we're using as our EPC partner, but, yeah. um, but just, they have high context on it. And it's been a great relationship and, and just their consistency and in the support yeah. for us. It's been really cool. Cool. So, yeah. When you guys, uh, when y'all go to raise money, I know a uh, fund that will be very interested in y'all. They love uh, natural gas power generation technology. So I'll pass this podcast along to them. The whole time I've been sitting here thinking, oh, <laughs> fuck, they're going to love, <laughs> love this show. <laughs> yeah. So. Cool, man. Well, well, thank you for that. If, by the way. Uh, if someone's listening to the show and they're interested in checking out the technology, does Firefly have, so we got a website up. Do we have yeah. images or schematics or anything? Like, I know you guys have been quiet uh, due to the uh, patent process, but you're coming out of the closet now right. and showing uh, showing off the technology to the world. Do you guys actually have yeah. any uh, material on it on the website that people can check out? Uh, there is information on the website. It's it's more of just high level what it is, what it does. Cool. Um, it's it's nothing fancy. We we have kind of a, it's almost kind of anecdotal, but we've left it on there. Yeah. Um, there there's a photo of a field, <laughs> <laughs> beautiful grass, and and uh, in in our mind, there's a gas loop under there, and it's a very pretty scenic well, situation. I love it. But we don't say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but for us, Here's the it's, picture of the gas loop. Yeah, there it is. You here it is. And it. yeah, minimal so, footprint. I love it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and 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 we kind of separate our messaging on hydrogen. We we don't want to lump it in with everything else. Like there there's some evaluation taking place across the board on that. You know, the, yeah. the people that are doing it and doing things in that space, it's, it's blended, it's low percentage and, and that's cool. That's going to be an advancement and that's, that, that's early stage stuff. Yeah. Uh, but until we see, you know, utility scale materials, yeah. you know, then we don't have utility scale materials. And yeah, so that's something we're, we're looking closely at and, it's exciting to see what's out there with, with that and the possibilities that brings and yeah. Yeah. So it's cool, but yeah, but we've got some information out on LinkedIn website. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. People so. can find you on LinkedIn. That's how we connected. Yeah. So we'll drop a uh, link to Brent's LinkedIn in the show notes. So you can reach out to him, uh, check out Firefly's website. I'm excited about it, man. Like, yeah, it's, it's, I like it cause it's like, it's boring. 
technology. Yeah. But it's impactful technology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I mean it's not cold fusion. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. But, but it solves a very uh prominent problem. Yeah. Right. And very real and very, very real. And, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think that uh you know those are the types of technologies that ultimately when it's not pie in the sky, it's something that can be right. used today. So cool man. I'm yep. excited about this. Appreciate you coming on the show. Guys, if you want more information on the gas loop uh, from Firefly, go to their website, reach out to Brent, and yeah, Brent, appreciate you coming down from Thank you guys. Oklahoma City, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Guys, if you haven't subscribed to BDE News Show, go do it. Shameless, go shameless plug. Shameless plug. <laughs> I got to promote my shit. I know. <laughs> <laughs> go over to YouTube, subscribe to the show. Um, you can also catch it on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's lame. We don't like LinkedIn, but it's you over know there. You know what's surprising? What's that? People who have been listening to the show for like three years, I've had like three conversations this week, don't know this is on video. So if you want to look at us, you can go to YouTube. So Brent walked in the studio and he asked <laughs> his table, he's like, is this bowling alley one? I was like, it is. <laughs> so you can, yeah. you can watch the video and appreciate our our slab of bowling alley wood. Studio's under construction. We've got some really cool things popping in the studio but yeah. we're we're like 80 percent there we're getting we're there. There. so there. so anyways guys catch you on the next show have a good one thanks brent thank you go, 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 go.